What's up, y'all? Happy Monday, and welcome to Out in the Universe. I'm your host, Dark Vet. Thank you for tuning into this radio frequency for episode three today. We're going to go a little sci-fi on you and talk about some Star Wars and some Babylon 5 lore and ask the most fundamental of all Star Wars questions from a spiritual perspective. What is the Force, and could it be real? Because let's be honest, how effing amazing would it be if it were real, or even remotely based in reality? We'll dive into this and ask some other intriguing questions along the way too. Now as a reminder, the views contained herein are my own. Friends, if you haven't already, please take a minute to visit our host site as well as find where you can stream us at anchor.fm slash outintheuniverse or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash outintheuniversepodcast. If you'd like to reach us to send us feedback, comments, suggestions, or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, you can reach us at all one word, outintheuniversepodcast at gmail.com. As always, please leave your agendas, your preconceived notions, and your biases at the door and enter with an open mind. We'll do our best to give you no agendas and no BS. Let's head out into the universe. Now, I know there are some who haven't seen Star Wars, but I'm going to bet that most have seen it, or at least are familiar with what it is. And likewise, I'm sure most of us have probably heard of the Force and wondered, honestly, is it real? Or could it be real? Because, I mean, how cool would it be to be able to control matter and energy around you with a simple thought or a wave of your hand? Let's be honest, that would just be amazing beyond belief. Now, if the Force were real, then the question holds, what kind of Force wielder would you like to be? Would you be a wielder of the light, like the Jedi? Or would you be a wielder of the dark, like the Sith? Or would you try and take the middle path and learn both? Would you be like Darth Vader in the first time we see him in A New Hope when he's just force choking the guy in the Moff Council until Grand Moff Tarkin says, that's enough, and the guy drops to the table and is like, oh, I can breathe, and Vader's like, oh, I'm Vader, and we're all just like, whoa, that was so intense. That was just awesome. Or would you be like Emperor Palpatine in Return of the Jedi when he's just force frying poor Luke until... Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker, walks over and ultimately picks him up and throws him over the edge of the Death Star railing there and balances the Force out by killing the Emperor. Speaking of which, would you like to be like Anakin Skywalker in that instance when he ultimately balanced the Force out? That is, until Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo, decided to ultimately follow in Vader's footsteps and create the First Order and throw the whole Force out of balance again. That is, until, of course, Rey, who doesn't know that she's Palpatine's granddaughter, trains with Luke and Leia and ultimately destroys the Sith, destroys her grandfather, and returns balance to the Force and Kumbaya to the galaxy. Now, that's just freaking amazing, no matter how you look at it. Would you like to be like Mace Windu in Attack of the Clones, where he challenges Count Dooku, or Revenge of the Sith, where he challenges the Emperor? Until, again, Anakin walks in and... We all know how that ends. Now, would you like to be like Yoda, and take your pick from any number of Yoda skill displays here, but my favorite by far is in Revenge of the Sith, where he takes the Force Lightning from Palpatine, and then in a sense of almost anger or rage, just throws it right back out to him, and we're all just like, that's the coolest thing! Now, 
I'm going to throw you for a loop on this one. There is a hidden Sith Lord theory out on YouTube, and I encourage you to go look it up, because it has to do with Jar Jar Binks and how he really could have been the real Phantom Menace as George Lucas intended it. Now, if you watch episodes 2 and 3, and keep in mind that Jar Jar Binks may have been the real hidden Sith Lord, the real Phantom Menace, if you put him in those spots where Count Dooku is, the movies make a lot more sense, because Count Dooku doesn't feel like such a rushed character. Now, I'm leaving out so many other instances, but take your pick from any of the memories of seeing the Force in action, and tell me it wouldn't be totally freaking awesome if it were real, no matter whether it's a spiritual or a realistic perspective. Personally, I would love to be like Anakin or Rey, who learn kind of the best of both worlds and really try to balance the Force out again. Now, just in the off chance there is someone out there who may not be familiar with the concept, the Force as it's portrayed in Star Wars is a metaphysical energy that permeates all living things through something called midichlorians, who live in everything, essentially in symbiosis. Now, there are some that can feel this energy that are called Force Sensitives, and of course they have the free will to choose if they use that energy for good a la the Jedi or evil a la the Sith. According to the website VintageNews.com, George Lucas created the idea of the Force in the late 1970s to represent the underlying spirituality that he felt binds us all together without endorsing a specific religion. That's really interesting, because it's actually something we're going to get into in our next episode, talking about the differences between spirituality and religion. I'm just going to do a surface-level conversation on that, so stay tuned. So this leads us back to our original question of what if the Force were real? I can hear every Star Wars fan's ears perking up on this one. Think about that for a minute and ask yourself, what would that mean to you if it were real? Beyond the fact of how cool it would be, like what would it mean to me? Now if we had Force-sensitive people around us who could pick up on and manipulate the energies surrounding us, what would that be like? Would that be cool or would that in fact be strange and evil? Like, how would we honestly view that if we saw that in real time with our own eyes? For me, I think I would be weirded out by it at first, but I would think it would be cool in the end because I'd really want to go up to that person and say, as long as they're friendly, of course, and say, hey, what are you doing? Like, can you teach me? Can you show me? But again, it depends on their disposition, of course. Like, if they're using it for good, then yeah, of course, I'd want to go up to them and say, hey, you know, let me be your friend. But if they're using it to do bad things, then yeah, I'm not sure I would want to go up to them. But in the end, it would really bring up some very interesting questions. I think for us as a society, if we actually had people in our midst with those capabilities. It's an intriguing thought, isn't it? Now, what if I were to tell you that there are people who can pick up on the energies that actually do surround us? even if not necessarily to control it anywhere like what is described in Star Wars. Now, of course, they're not called Force Sensitives either, but highly sensitive people, or HSPs as they're known, would tell you that they can pick up on all sorts of things. There are also those HSPs who have kinetic and other metaphysical abilities like being an empath, telepathy, remote viewing, precognition, astral projection, clairvoyance, and many, many others. You actually could say those are force abilities of a sort. 
And of course, some of those HSPs may say that the idea underlying the concept of the Force is real. Likewise, too, there may also be a few Far Eastern practitioners from various spiritual traditions who might also say something like the Force does exist and does bind life altogether. Could it in fact be our consciousness? Could it be the concept of Chi or Ki? We'll talk more about both of those in future episodes as well. It's an interesting thought to think that could there in fact be a force that binds all of life together, like in Star Wars? Personally, I do believe there actually could be. I believe it could be in part our consciousness, or chi, or some other type of energy that we have yet to comprehend and understand in this level of present spiritual development. Being a highly sensitive person myself, I'd rather not say what exactly it is that I pick up on, but. I will say that based on my own personal experiences, I do believe that there is some kind of force, albeit consciousness, chi, whatever, there is some kind of force that binds us all together, and the best way that I could think to describe it is like I did in, in the previous episode, asking who are we, where I said, it's like the concept of being a drop in the ocean, but yet being the ocean in the drop. Quick sidebar for a minute on questions versus answers. Personally, I feel we've been taught to believe that we need to have answers to every question imaginable. Well, what if we don't have the answers? What then? Does that mean that the question is not worth asking? Or turn it around slightly and could it mean that asking said question opens our minds and our hearts to the possibility of something greater? Honestly, to me, friends, the question is still well worth asking, even if answers aren't readily available. Because asking the question allows our hearts and our minds to open up to endless and unlimited possibilities on a purely spiritual level. And to me, that makes any question asked in pursuit of knowledge and understanding well worth asking. Bottom line here is, if we don't ask the question, we don't seek understanding and learn. And if we don't understand and learn, we don't grow. And if we don't grow, our knowledge doesn't increase, nor does our wisdom to really use that knowledge. Thus, our thinking really never changes unless we make the earnest effort to question everything around us, including ourselves, again, even if we don't find answers at first. Now, if you truthfully seek answers out, they will find you at the precise moment they are meant to. We have to keep in mind, of course, that modern science has only been around for a few centuries, versus alchemy and other more ancient traditions that have many more centuries and in some cases millennia of understanding over modern science and modern medicine. I think of traditional Chinese medicine, for instance, or TCM as it's also known. TCM has been around in China for over 2,000 years, and in a lot of cases has a much better understanding of how energy flows through our bodies on a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and many other levels that we can't readily perceive yet. So how is it that TCM and other older traditions like that have that kind of understanding of things that modern science is just now really starting to stumble upon? How is it that traditions like TCM and shamanism have a much better understanding of how energy flows through our bodies, 
as well as how all life is linked together and describing in detail how everything in our bodies is linked as a fully functioned unit. It's mind-boggling. Could it be that these ancient traditions have an understanding of things that we've seemingly forgotten in the modern day? It would definitely seem to point that direction if you look at world history. I think of how the ancient pyramids at Giza were built, or how the Great Sphinx was very possibly weathered by rainfall. Lost knowledge and lost history. Could there be lost spiritual knowledge as well that would teach us more about these things, more about other dimensions that we exist in as human beings along with our own, more about these energies? Could there be that lost knowledge? Friends, I really do believe there is lost knowledge, lost history, just lost things that we're either not being told about or has been suppressed or what have you. But I do believe that something like the Force, yes, could in fact be real. Getting back to our original question, yes, the Force could in fact be real, and frankly I think it would be short-sighted for us to think otherwise. The truth is, there are a great many things that we still do not know about or understand anything about as humans. After all, we are only a very small part of a vast, vast universe. If you're not familiar with who Carl Sagan was, he was an American astronomer, planetary scientist, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, among many other things. I'd encourage you to look him up if you're interested. He really was truly an interesting, really cool character. Now, as a cosmologist, he's famous for stating that, quote, Meanwhile, the cosmos is rich beyond measure. The total number of stars in the universe is greater than all the grains of sand on all the beaches of the planet Earth." End quote. What does that say to you? To me, it says we are only babies among a multiverse of wonders. It says to me that there are a great many things that we still have yet to learn and understand. It gives us room for hope and room for growth. Now, as far as we understand, we've only been on Earth for up to one million years, to the best of our current knowledge, and the universe is over 14 billion years old. There are likely many more advanced cultures out there that understand these concepts a hell of a lot better than we do. Could there be deeper levels of spiritual understanding that start to get into practices and abilities of being able to alter states of matter similar to the Force as we see in the Star Wars, or at least close to it? I believe yes, without a doubt. I'm going to get into this a bit more in our next episode, but I view spirituality as a ladder, with our current religious practices at the bottom and God or Source at the top. Now what lies in between is an unknown at present, but within these unknown regions or rungs on the ladder are the deeper mysteries that we have yet to learn or to be learned widely by humanity on this planet. So could such a thing exist like a greater understanding of a common universal force? Could something like that in fact lie within these unknown rungs on the spiritual ladder, so to speak? I think so. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Could there, in fact, be much more highly advanced and spiritually developed cultures out there in the universe who really do understand these mysteries? Absolutely. Wholeheartedly, yes. 
Going off on another sidebar here, if you want to think of it this way, there is a concept of a hierarchy of life within the universe itself, with humans of course being among the youngest that we know of. But it's theorized that there are beings that are many millions of years older and many millions of years more advanced than us who would essentially see us like we see ants. They'd pretty much be like, okay, love you, bye-bye. Now, the best description I ever heard of the true hierarchy of life within the universe was from the 1990s sci-fi opera Babylon 5. They had the idea of these first ones, or the oldest beings in the galaxy, who were the, among the first to gain sentience, billions of years old. Vorlons and Shadows were two of these races that were first ones, among many others. Now, humans obviously are portrayed as one of the younger races, lagging many millions of years behind when compared to these first ones, but only several millennia behind the other so-called spacefaring, older spacefaring races. Now, of the older spacefaring races, you have the ones like Minbari, Centauri, and others. Now, there are races who are not yet old enough to be first ones, but they're not quite young enough to be younger races either. Either way, I like how they have the hierarchy laid out in the show because it's not all that dissimilar to how I understand the hierarchy of life within our own universe to be. Now, I'm not doing this any justice, of course, but if you're interested, I would definitely encourage you to check out and watch Babylon 5 if you can find it. Now, if you can't find it, the best place to get it would probably be on DVD from Amazon. There are a great many spiritual mysteries that are not well understood by the general human population, likely because they've been kept secret from us on some level, or we're just not at that collective point of spiritual advancement to where we are open to having the understanding of these more advanced ideas. Could that be a possibility? Yes, absolutely it could be. Of course, if we open our minds and our hearts to that possibility, that the probability or the chance that we only know a very small fraction of our true spiritual nature, as well as that of the universe itself, then that, friends, opens our minds and our hearts to any and all of the possibilities and probabilities of what can be. Let me say that another way, because I'm getting really excited about this now. So, if we open our minds to the thought that we only know so much on all levels, then we open our minds to the likelihood that absolutely anything is in fact possible. Would that include something like a universal, all-permeating force? You betcha! When I think of the force from a spiritual perspective, I understand it to be more or less exactly what Star Wars puts it out there to be. An underlying spiritual presence that runs through each and every living thing in this universe, and binds all of us together at a level with which we really can't understand yet. So within the last couple years, I believe it was mid to late 2019, but science got its first glimpse at something that we call the cosmic web. Now the cosmic web is supposedly a series of filaments that bind the entirety of the universe together. I've even heard it said before that this web is supposedly linked through the stars themselves, but I haven't been able to corroborate that. I've also heard it said before by people like Corey Good and David Wilcock and others 
uh, that other more advanced cultures use these cosmic filaments to travel between star systems and that our nuclear detonations from the 1940s onward have greatly attracted other ET cultures to Earth because these detonations are supposedly felt across the entirety of the universe through this cosmic web on a purely energetic level of sorts. I mean, if that's not indicative of a common universal force right there, then I'm not sure what is. So to get even weirder on this, let's dive into quantum physics and the principle of superposition. Very simply put, superposition is the ability of a quantum system to exist in multiple states at the same time until measured. Look up English physicist Thomas Young and his double-slit experiment if you want to know more about this concept. A very good movie to watch or book to read if you're interested in quantum physics and how it relates is called What the Bleep. Both are available on Amazon and I would highly recommend watching them. So that's all well and good, but how does this all apply to the idea of the Force and how does it relate to us today? You know how in the Star Wars movies, very early on they start talking about Anakin being the one to bring balance to the Force. If you look at that from a spiritual perspective, everything in life is about balance. Absolutely everything. I'll get into the universal laws a bit more on another episode. Suffice to say that if you're interested, I would encourage you to look into the universal laws themselves. I've heard some say there are 10, some say there are 12, some say there are 20. I know there'd be at least 12. Now one of these 12 laws is the law of energy or vibration as everything in the universe is seen as energy, vibrating at a certain level or frequency. Now, the higher your spiritual energetic vibration or frequency, the greater your spiritual understanding that you're allowed to attain. I do apologize, that's a somewhat simplistic way of describing it, but I'll go more in depth on that when I talk about the universal laws in a future episode. Another universal law is the law of cause and effect, better known to the world as the law of karma. If you look up what karma is, according to the site Chopra.com, it's the concept that every action generates an energetic force that returns to us in kind, i.e. good returns good, bad returns bad. Christians may better know this idea as the concept of reaping what you sow. If we sow good, we get good in return. If we sow love and positivity, we get generally love and positivity in return. Whereas if we sow anger, bitterness, and negativity, we get those in return. It's also said in some cultures that with karma, if you sow bad or evil, it will come back to you tenfold. Hence, the greater emphasis on the idea of balancing out the negative in our lives with positivity. But what about energetic balance or spiritual balance, emotional balance, or even physical balance? What about balance in nature? Friends, if we look at most things around us that were not created by humans, we see balance, we see light energy, we see things like nature, animals, birds, all operating on levels that we are just now starting to understand and really are barely scratching the surface on. Point is, there are many in the world, all over, that believe in the concept of the Force as a real entity that binds the universe and all life in it together. Could it be that the Force is really our consciousness on a universal level? I'll leave you with that curious thought today. So with everything I've thrown at you today, 
could the concept of the Force, as it's told in Star Wars, in fact be a real thing? Do you think it could be real? Where is your heart today, friends? Thank you for tuning in to Episode 3. I sincerely hope you enjoyed today's talk. On our next episode, we're going to dive into the differences between religion and the spiritual without getting preachy. I sincerely hope you'll tune in and join me out in the universe. Until then, light, love, and blessings to you all.